The college experience on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by my bookie sign up over at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP 50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. Play win get paid over at mybookie.ag. The sports gambling podcast is brought to you by Amazon. You probably already shop at Amazon, but why not shop at Amazon and support the sports gambling podcast? All you have to do is log into sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Amazon bookmark that link and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast today. Let it ride. Yes. Woo. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. My name is Colby Dan, AKA the database. And, uh, and I'm solo again. You know, this Patty C guy is out there. He's probably eating burritos doing something retarded. I'm sure I'm sure of it. How you guys doing? How the hell are you doing now? Don't you turn this thing off just because we don't have Patty. See, I can hold the fucking fort down. I can hold it down. I got major mud in the house. I'm going to talk all different types of shit. This is be my manifesto episode of the month. My solo manifesto. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. <laughs> um, how are you? I, I'm not expecting you to answer that, but I'm just saying, how are you? Hope you're doing good. And, uh, and let's talk. Let's talk action. Um, I'm just going to start off from the top from the fucking top. All right. Before I dive into NBA, NFL, well, I don't really have any NFL, NBA, NHL. I mean, I'm going to touch on some, I mean, I got what? college football. We, I love to talk college football. So obviously that's going to be talked about maybe some college basketball, sprinkle some in there. We're still far away from that, but it is coming. And if you're following me on Twitter, I'm doing a little countdown, some great classic college football plays. Maybe you don't give a shit. I can't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't give you a hard time for that, but Hey, just want to let you know it's out there at the Colby D. Um, what else we got here? What else do we got here? What else? How about the only shit we can really talk about right now is what the NBA finals. I don't know about you guys, but as of this very moment, I am dead fucking on. All right. I called for the warriors in five. Uh, right now I said the Raptors would win game one, which they did. I said the Warriors would win game two in Toronto, which they did tonight. And they did it with, I mean, they, they kind of, you know, obviously Durant's been out cousins has been out cousins or been out of the playoffs, but cousins played a big game tonight. My guy, Andre Iguodala has been off and on injured. He comes in, hits a big time shot tonight. Thompson gets injured. Uh, you got a lot of different injuries there on this. I mean, their whole fucking team seems injured to me. Minus Steph Curry and, uh, and Draymond, 
But how about those Warriors getting it done in Toronto? Fuck you, Drake. Fuck you, Raptors. I thought the NBA tried their best to try to give get the Raptors to, to get it closer. Call me the conspiracy theorist. Call me the asshole. I'll wear that title all day. But the Warriors got it done. And now it goes back to Oakland, which I think they're going to win the next two. Now, the, the iffy one is game five because, well, it, I think the Warriors are going to win the next two, but I need to know more about Klay Thompson's injury. need to know what's going on with Ke- Kevin Durant and obviously the other pending injuries, Iguodala. I mean, shit, there's a list of them. Um, but come on, guys. Come the fuck on. I was calling this. Called this. Two different podcasts I called this. Boom. Um, can we just be honest here? Lowry's not that good of a player. I think we, we NBA kind of overrates how good Kyle Lowry is. All right. He's just Van Fleet. It was actually playing better with the team than fucking Lowry. Van Fleet's my boy. Love to see him succeeding. Love to see him succeeding. Um, but Hey, at least both games have been fairly decent considering, uh, you know, it's the NBA, but I uh, just want to say right now I'm, I'm fucking on point right now. Sure. I could lose this, but as of right now on point two and oh, ATS, you better start thinking about yours. If you're not listening to me, um, NHL hockey wise. Oh, and by the way, I let, let, let go back to the NBA. I know people laughed at me when I said Iguodala MVP, <laughs> which isn't going to happen. But I said the odds were so ridiculous. It wasn't that bad of a play because defensively in game one, he was guarding Kawhi a lot and Kawhi shot a bad percentage. Now today he was injured some, but, but Iguodala comes up with the biggest shot of the game. Let him do that two more times and then have one like 20 point game. And maybe he almost had a triple double tonight. He had like eight points, eight boards and like uh, seven assists or something like that. Um, I don't, I see he still can't win MVP, but I was just throwing it out there saying it's, it wouldn't, it, it made more sense to me, but obviously the injuries and everything, it doesn't, he's not at a hundred percent, but stranger things have happened. A lot of basketball left. Lot of basketball left, and let's talk some NHL hockey. I missed the last game because I had a comedy show. Speaking of which, I got a comedy show this Tuesday at good old, good old. It's called Comedy in English. It's a great show. Santa Monica, California. It's at a hostel, which I'll be honest, I've never done a hostel. After doing stand-up for quite some time, I, I gotta be honest, I... I I've never done a fucking hostel. So I mean, tomorrow and Tuesday during the day, I'm going to sit down and try to write a set that could be uh, friendly to the foreigners. You know what I mean? Which I have no idea what the fuck. I don't, it's going to be fun. If you're in the LA area, come out to it. Great lineup. Buddy of mine, Rob Christensen on the show. Hilarious comic. Follow him on Twitter at Rob love at Rob loves bagels. Look at this. I'm just giving, I'm just, how do, I'm just throwing out fucking great follows there. Um, but yeah, if you're in the LA area, Tuesday night, Santa Monica, California, come on out. Should be a fun, fun time. And it's probably going to be the strangest. Well, I don't know. The best part about doing stand up 
and the worst part, the double-edged sword here, but it can get you in some really weird places. I mean, I've done a donut shop at like 10 a.m. When I first moved to L.A., I did a fucking donut shop at 10 a.m. It was an awful show. People are trying to order fucking eclairs, and then you just got me rambling off dumb shit. They're not ready for it. 10 in the morning, that's, that's one of the only times, I think it might be the only time I've ever done staying up in the morning. It was at a Yum Yum Donuts somewhere in L.A. I think I'll floss the or something. Probably the dumbest show. That's up there. I've done some. I'm trying to think of some some dumb shows that I did. Did a few bowling alleys. But that bowling alleys are always, uh, I don't know. They're fun because the people at the bowling alley kind of hit my demographic. <laughs> they like to drink beer and shit. But it's never fun when you're like trying to hit your punchline and all of a sudden someone just hits a bunch of fucking bowling pins. Those a strike. You know what I mean? Um, weirdest places I've ever done stand-up. I just gave myself a good question here. What else have I done that's fucking really strange? I did a show once in like a um in a in a in Orange County somewhere that was a match they sold mattresses. <laughs> this is probably the best one. And this is what's great is I did this show twice, and one of the times I did it. The fire department came and shut it down because they had a keg of beer in like this little like kitchen area. <laughs> so they had this like wood floor stage and people would sit on these mattresses <laughs> and have a beer. I have no idea how the fuck this show worked, but it was pretty hilarious because like, it, you know, I just couldn't imagine, you know, there's probably several beers spilled over the course of an evening on some mattresses that they're probably trying to sell the next day. That was a very strange, uh, strange place to do a stand-up show. That might be the most actually. That might be more strange than this fucking this this uh, hostel. I'm trying to think where else. I mean, I've done some dumbass shows before. Um, I don't know. I'm drawing blanks. Drawing blanks. Bowling alleys a mattress place. I mean, coffee shop, you do a ton of coffee shops, but that's not bad. That's actually decent at times and awful at times. I did an old folks home. I did a fucking yacht club in an old folks home. That was pretty bad. Oh, I'll tell you a good one. I'll tell you a fucking good one. <laughs> well, first I did an old folks home where we were promised to get paid, which we, we all died. We didn't know it was an old folks home. Me and another comic, we were in Brooklyn. I think this was in, well, we were in New York city. I don't remember where the fuck this old folks home was, but we went to do this show and, uh, we had gotten it through. We went out to do a show the night before. And this other guy said, Hey, come do this show. Uh, we'll get you on the bill. Said it was paid. So we show up there and it's an old folks home, not a fun experience. And then, well, what's cr even crazier is I had to eat the bullet that night. So I go out there first and I made the mistake. This was a, a classic life lesson. I should have just stuck to my guns and went down, like went down hard. They would have hated me regardless, I think. But I tried to pull out some stand up that I hadn't done in like five years that I remember my like parents or my, my friend's dad liking a lot. So I was like, okay, let me go back to this set that I hadn't fucking even done in like five years. So I tried to pull that out, lost my footing throughout the whole fucking thing. I think the only funny thing I said, which pissed them off probably was, I think I was dying so bad in the middle of this thing. And I said, I hope all you motherfuckers have Alzheimer's 
So, so, so you can't remember any, any of this set and uh, that didn't go over well. It was a disaster. But then the next comic, a buddy of mine came on, he died, made me feel a little bit better. And then the third comic came up and he was a prop comic. And he actually, at one point, uh, kind of like dressed like a clown and he destroyed, <laughs> he absolutely fucking destroyed, which was just, uh, you know, made us feel like shit. I remember, uh, we're leaving this place and he's waiting on the bus and he's like, don't worry guys, you'll, guys, you'll get there one day. And it's just like, dude, I don't want to be a fucking clown, but Hey, more power to you. You destroyed. We did not. The old folks love you. They hate me. It's okay. <laughs> I think that's one of the funniest. I, I mean, I had my brother, I had, I had uh, NC Nick come out. This is a, this is a pretty fun one. And I had done this spot in Marina Del Rey and it was actually a money venue. It was an absolute money venue on a, just like, it was like a private room in this. I don't, it's not there anymore, but I can't, so I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it was like, we had this like pretty much this private section that was almost like its own comedy club. And uh, I, my brother comes out and, and a bunch of my childhood friends <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, you're going to see a, a, you know, I've gotten a lot better since you saw me last and I'm excited for you to come out and check me out. Well, I go to show up and uh, this guy, Joe who runs the show tells me he's like, I, I had done this room like 10 times. So I was excited about it. And uh, it, they had like a private party in that, in that room. So we got moved to like this little area right next to the kitchen. It was fucking weird. Like you could see like the cooks cooking and shit. And it was really embarrassing. There's like probably five people there and there were four of them were, were my friends because no one wants, no, even if you showed up for the comedy show, you're not going to, you, you probably went home because you're like, well, it's not in this club. We're, we're, it's probably not happening tonight. And little do they know it was going on in the kitchen. And I mean, it was bad. I mean, we died pretty bad there. And, uh, the only cool thing about this was, was that me and my, my buddy had a thing. We kind of had a thing going that year. If it was a really bad show, we're just going to holler at the mo the hottest girl while we're on stage and say, like, just make our effort. Like, I, you know, you're the best. What are you doing after the show? Shit like that. Like, I, I want to hang out with you. Please talk to me after the show. You know, just fucking dumb shit like that. And anyway, this girl, Allie, uh, was smoking hot waitress, smoking hot waitress. And, I did not have a business card. So I borrowed my buddy's business card and I went up to her after and I said, Hey, um, what are you doing? We should hang out sometime. Right. Gave her my buddy's card, which I had no idea that he had already given her his card. So anyway, I think I strike out. She's telling me she's not interested in me. I come back home a couple days later. This is like days of MySpace, I think. Cause I think it was MySpace. She hits me up, says, are you the guy that gave me another man's business card? And then she's like, we should totally hang out. Right. And I'm like, okay, done deal. I go to hang out with this girl, which by the way, I had no idea at the time that she had just turned 19 years old, but I was like 23. So it, 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 it it's not, not as bad as you think she had just turned 19, but, and she like was from like Fresno or like Bakersfield or some shit like that. And she, I'm just going on fucking stories. I know you've tried to listen to sports and I'm just telling you fucking stories, but uh, this was great because she had a boyfriend, which I had no, I mean, I had no idea, but, I guess it was back in Bakersfield or somewhere. But, uh, so I hung out and we kind of hooked up a couple times 
And uh, actually Patty C was there one of the nights, but um, I go to her restaurant. She like brings, it gets me completely fucked up, comes back to my house. We don't even make it in the house having sex on the fucking hood of my car in Venice beach. And it was like two in the morning. So pretty cool experience. I felt like I was in like a fucking Motley Crue music video or something. But here's what's great. It's like a couple days later, like my MySpace gets blown up by this guy in like Bakersfield, in Bakersfield or wherever the hell it was. And he's like, dude, uh, why, why are you fucking my girl? And I'm like, uh, who are you? I didn't even realize that was like, and he's like, yeah. And he goes, and if I see you, it's on. And I'm like, well, shit, dude, I'm not hard to find. I do fucking comedy everywhere. <laughs> I think I sent him my flyer. And I was like, dude, I'm doing the West Side Comedy Theater. Come on out. We could talk about it. He never came out. But great experience was I hooked up with this uh, really hot girl from doing a terrible fucking comedy show. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Welcome. Welcome to the college experience. Um, what the fuck am I talking about? Oh, NHL. That's my, that's my segue. So you, yeah, so you like fucking waitresses. Well, let's talk Stanley cup hockey. <laughs> uh, look, I missed the other game. Cause I had a show. I missed game three, but I saw the score and holy shit. The Bruins just destroyed the blues and I got the blues winning it in seven games. So I'm kind of uh, the, that score was really bad. I think it was like eight to two or something or eight to one or seven. Uh, I, it was like six to one when I was, when I checked my phone and uh, that's a Royal ass whooping. So although I'm not, I'm not going to press the panic button yet because the blues have kind of lost a lot of games at home. This up, uh, this playoff, you know, this, this, this year's playoffs. So I'm not going to hit the panic button yet. Ride it out with me. I mean, I did call for the blues and the Bruins to play in the fucking Stanley cup guys. So I'm just going to throw that big dick energy up in the air. Up in the air. What the fuck am I talking about? Okay. Um, yeah. Blues and seven. If they lose the next game, then I'll freak out. What else? College baseball. Are you guys watching the college world series? I'm loving it. You know why I'm loving it? Well, first got a little scared the first day because my, my East Carolina pirates got rained out game got rained out. And, uh, and then when they finally played the next day, Quinnipiac upset ECU, but luckily it's double. Luckily for me, it's double elimination. And ECU then eliminated NC state, the Wolfpack, those little bitches in Raleigh, North Carolina. Boom. Goodbye. Gone. And, and by the way, you should know you got an ass whooping coming the first week of the college football season. When we go to your little shit venue in Raleigh and we're going to storm the field. Like we did seven or eight years ago, we're going to tear down that goalpost and you guys are going to have to suspend the fucking rivalry again, because you're gutless wonders. All right. You're gutless wonders. Now think about that when you take your shit ass baseball team home. All right. Because the pirates are champs when it comes to playing your shit ass team. <laughs> okay. But then we beat Quinnipiac again tonight. So we had a double header today. We whooped their ass. So we got a big game tomorrow against Campbell. I know you're thinking what the hell is Campbell? It's soup, but Hey, it's a college in South Carolina. And apparently they're winning, they're winning baseball games. 
Um, but honestly, some of these games have been great. Watch that like Texas A&M and West Virginia game today. West Virginia was up like nine to one or something. Eight to one Texas A&M comes battling back and upsets uh, West Virginia. That was like top 25. Great game. And then uh, uh, Auburn and Georgia Tech the other day was a great game. I mean, Georgia Tech kind of choked that game away. Auburn like hit a walk off. And then uh, Georgia Tech today then rallied against Coastal Carolina in a strange. It was that was it was a great game, but it was strange because the coach got ejected for. I don't really understand why he got ejected for Coastal Carolina, but kind of started this rally by Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech came storming back to beat the Chanticleers. Some great baseball going on, better than the MLB. Better than the MLB, all right? Because I'm an Oriole fan. Orioles never have pay shit. The one time they pay anybody, it's Chris Davis. Yankees make way more money than, I mean, just their whole roster is way more than the whole entire Orioles team. It's not fair. All right. Can we get a salary cap in baseball, please? Can we please get a salary cap in baseball? Um, but yeah, check out the college world series. It's been money. It's been money lately. I saw UCLA got upset by, I didn't watch this game, but I saw UCLA get upset by uh, Loyola Marymount. UCLA was the top seed. Now it's double elimination. So UCLA is still alive. I did watch them beat Baylor today. I bet you didn't think you tuned into this college podcast and have me talking, rattling off, rattling off college baseball. Even though we are the college experience, we do cover college sports. And you should think maybe I would do this. But hey, I watched a lot of it this weekend. I dig it. Field of 64, just like football should be. You know what I mean? Basketball is, baseball. Can we please move that shit to football? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, what else do we got here? How about that boxer? How about what? Andy. Andy. Uh, what the hell was his name? It was like Ruiz Jr. or something. The guy upset uh, Anthony Joshua. Loved it. Loved the guy's press conference. Kudos to that guy. Kudos to him being the first Mexican heavyweight champion. Pretty badass. What a uh, twenty-five to one? Is that what I heard? Twenty-five to one odds? I, I don't know. I didn't bet it. I didn't bet on him. But kudos to him. Loved his press conference. Seems like a seems like a good dude. And then the best part about it is the Drake curse lives on because uh, Anthony Joshua took a photo with Drake and said about to beat that curse, and boom, big ass upset. And now Drake's gonna hopefully lose the NBA Finals too. Boom. Got to argue with these millennials. Drake. Drake is a fucking, it's a cupcake. All right. Isn't it? Isn't that like a cupcake brand? Get the fuck out of here with your shit ass music. All right. I'm just going to throw my opinion up in the air. He's probably, Drake's probably a fucking nice guy, but when it comes to music, when it comes to the NBA, just like and our media sucking them off. Fucking annoying. I don't give a shit about this. I, I never cared about Spike Lee 20 years ago or 30 years ago. I mean, yeah, I like his movies, but I don't want to see. I could give a shit about his interactions with Reggie Miller. That stuff's all for the birds, all right? All for the birds. Um, What the hell else do we got? Today's the anniversary of the TV show The Wire. Do you guys know that? Tell me you've seen The Wire. 
I think you could argue that for being the best TV show of all time. Don't give me this Game of Thrones thing. I enjoy Game of Thrones. The Wire, money, TV show. Probably, I think that Breaking Bad, probably Sopranos you could throw in there, but those three, I mean, uh, HBO was killing it. I love Deadwood too, and I haven't watched the movie. I'm probably going to watch that tonight after I get done with this episode. HBO did bring back Deadwood to make a, like a, a long movie to complete their series because they were a victim of the writer, the writer strike, I believe, back in like 06 or whatever year that was. Great show, though. In fact, though, I do want to complain because I, uh, I should have looked this up. Somebody on Twitter told me to watch the TV show Black Sails on Stars. Well, I tried to watch that two days ago. Now, granted, I only watched one episode, but I had a hard time really getting into it. I had a hard time really getting into it. Every pirate looks way too fucking good, and they all have, like, shiny white teeth. Just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't make sense to me, all right? As a fellow... East Carolina pirate fan and a Mike Leach guy. I'm sure Mike Leach would say this is bullshit, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another try, another episode, but the first episode I thought was shit. Thought it was so Hollywooded out. Not an accurate depiction of pirates. I'm not super educated on the pirate era, but I know they didn't look like all of them didn't look like fucking Heath Ledger. You know what I mean? No, I don't know. Welcome to the college experience. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, how about this though? Speaking of East Carolina, East Carolina landed top recruit, Charles Coleman jr. Now the fun of this here is that Charles Coleman jr. <laughs> he chose East Carolina over Duke. You hear that? You hear that coach K we're coming for you. All right. And you too, North Carolina, and well, NC State already knows, all right? And even Davidson out there in the A-10, we are coming for you. UNC Wilmington, I dare you. I dare you to put us on the schedule. Boom. Ass beats coming. Oh, man, what am I talking about, guys? Um, this past week, um, I thought it was, I thought this was a good segment. I was going to have Patty C answer this, but Patty C had to, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't come out tonight, but I was going to ask you guys, because I kind of got into it on Twitter on, on what the best college football rivalries are. I think they're, I saw a college football's uh, NCAA college football's poll as the best ones. And they didn't, they, I think they had Bama and Auburn on there. They had Michigan, Ohio state, which I mean, those are phenomenal uh, rivalries. And then they had OU Texas, I think, which would be third. And then fourth, they had a Florida, Georgia. I, the, the, Florida, Georgia, even at like a big rivalry. I don't, I mean, I know they have the world's biggest cocktail party. I've been to that game. It's fantastic. I would encourage any college football fan to go to that game. However, I just don't see that in, I don't, I wouldn't have that in my top 10 rivalries probably. I mean, how do you not mention army Navy classic rivalry every year? Great games. I feel like for a while now they're doing a lot of great games. But I mean, I think the most underrated BYU in Utah, and, and I'm so glad that it's back because it was gone for a little bit. And I, I don't know if they just did a one-off or, I mean, a, a one-for-one, but I hope this, this, this is week one this year. BYU in Utah, I think that's one of the best rivalries in college football. Um, how about Miami-Florida State? I mean, they had some great games for decades, some 
big time games. I wrote down some other ones that I thought were good here. Apple cup, Washington, Washington state. Now I know there's been a couple blowouts lately. However, growing up, I remember this being a very fond rivalry. Yeah. Like Mark Brunel against uh, Drew Bledsoe, you know, all, all those uh, years, Ryan leaf against, uh, I don't know if it was uh, Cody Pickett or uh Damon Hjord or Brock Hjord. I think it was Brock Hjord, maybe or Tuiasa Sopo or something. Uh, but a lot of great matchups. I, I thought that was a pretty underrated rivalry. Um, how about the Egg Bowl? Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I think that's a good rivalry. I dig that rivalry. Yeah, I've seen some really good games in that series. But USC Notre Dame. No one ever talks about that one, huh? Some big time matchups we had. Remember when they pushed the liner at the one yard line into the end zone? There's been some money USC Notre Dame games. I mean, you could say Notre Dame, Michigan also. You could say Michigan, Michigan State too. Um, but but I mean, I put all of those, some of those way above Georgia, Florida. I think Georgia, Florida is a decent rivalry. Okay. But it's no Bama and Auburn. It's no, I don't even know if it's Florida, Tennessee. Hell, I mean, what? The, the most thing, I, the one thing I can think of is like Florida, Georgia was like when, when Rick sent his whole team out to dance in the end zone. That was like a strong fuck you moment. What about Penn State, Ohio State? They've had like classic matchups like three or four years in a row. I know that historically it's not there, but Penn State Pitt, maybe? I don't know. Iowa, Iowa State. I've liked their, like the past three or four games of Iowa, Iowa State have been pretty money. There was one crazy game in overtime, I think two years ago. Like Iowa came back from down like 21, sent it to overtime, just pulled everything out their ass and won the game. It was a great game though. What about uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? Bedlam. Bedlam. Or, I mean, what about uh, East Carolina, NC State? <laughs> Seriously, though, Arizona, Arizona State has some good matchups. Someone mentioned that. That's a, good, that's a good little rivalry. USC, UCLA, I don't really consider that one a good rivalry. I think Arizona, Arizona State's better than USC and UCLA. Although Oregon, Oregon state had a couple good years, but now Oregon state's been getting their ass whooped by Oregon. So I don't know. I missed some of the classic ones. We've, we've been deprived of some of the classic rivalries like Pitt and West Virginia was a money rivalry. Missed that one. I miss Colorado, Nebraska. I miss Texas and Texas A&M. They got to bring that back. I've been saying that for years. Can't even Kansas, Missouri was money. And I mean, obviously Utah and BYU went away for a little bit. Hopefully that's going to stay because that needs to stay. Oh man. What am I talking about? But I want to ask you and feel free to tweet me at the Colby D. What is your top college football rivalry? And uh, give me your top. Give me, give me your top three. Give me your honorable mention. Maybe it's tough. I mean, cause it's been so dominant. Like some of these rivalries, like oh, like Michigan, Ohio State, you think, man, that's probably one of the best college football rivalries, but Ohio State has dominated it. So can it really be the best if it's that dominated? It's like Virginia, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's owned Virginia. I mean, of recent too. I mean, I don't, I don't care about the numbers. Oh, in the 1930s, you know, Mississippi beat Mississippi State the whole decade. I don't give a shit. I'm talking recently. If it's been a good rivalry. Like our lifetime. Like people, how about from like the 1980s or 70s on? 
even though I know army and Navy had some classic matchups way back in the day, but I still think it's a good rivalry. Now, both triple option teams. They got the, that weekend alone, a lot of close games, miss field goal. They always have shit kickers. Those, those teams always have shit kickers. So it's always a, just a fun, fun game. It was in the snow a couple of years ago. Gotta love snow football. Got to love snow football. Guys, I went up and I picked up a college football magazine just because I was bored and I was like, hey, let me get some more content. And I like to argue them. So without Patty C being here and I don't want to cover the next week of college football without him being here because I want to talk shit to him about his awful picks. I want to take a gander at the Athlons uh, new magazine. By the way, they, they, they stepped up their game a little bit. It's like 300 pages. Didn't used to be like that. Grew up with this magazine. Uh, never the best magazine. I mean, I enjoy it. I don't want to talk shit about them. I respect them. But I, uh, they're good, but they're not as good as like Steel or, or some of the other publications. But um, it's good. It's better than like, I feel like better than like Street and Smiths or something. Um, but I'm looking at their top 25 they have right now. And we're going to dive into uh, their conference predictions and I'll tell you whether I agree or, you know, I'm not going to make my final predictions, but I'll tell you what I'm thinking. But okay. Top 25. They got Bama and Clemson. Number one and two. Holy shit. How'd they do that? No way. No way. No fucking way. Uh, they got Georgia three. No way. No fucking way. Didn't you see Georgia the way they lost to Texas? I'm joking. Maybe Georgia's number three, but I do think we our our, our society is kind of our society. What am I talking about? Our sports world is kind their money. They're better than Mark Rick ever had them. But I also think they had a weak ass schedule last year and they got owned at LSU and they got owned against Texas. And obviously they had Alabama beat and they let them off the hook. I have a theory that I think Georgia plays Alabama really well, much like the Dolphins play the Patriots very well. For a little bit there with Rex Ryan, the Jets played the Patriots close better than a lot of other teams did minus the butt fumble game. But um, my point is here is that with Kirby smart coming over from Alabama to Georgia, I think he knows them very well. I think he plays them very well. He probably should have beaten them twice, but I think we could be jumping the gun because when they I think they could easily lose a couple. There's, they have a tougher schedule than last year, a much tougher, tougher schedule than last year. So I think they could lose a couple more games. I don't think they're as good just because they flex against Alabama and say, man, this team is really close to Alabama. I think they're not as good as we make them out to be. I mean, I hope I, I like to see Georgia good. I hope they beat Florida again this year. I hope they win the SEC. So, I mean, I'd rather see like, you know, one of the smaller schools win it, but uh, I'm okay with Georgia. I'm okay with Georgia winning that. They got Georgia at three. They got Michigan at four. Now, look, I'm I'm on Michigan, but I also have a lot of a lot of question marks. They're switching over to this new offense, which I don't know that it's going to be a good thing. I mean, I guess it's got to be a good thing for Shea Patterson. But where I get concerned is if it softens up their defense. It's going to be interesting to watch this thing unfold. They have a, they have a tough schedule too. So I'm not just ready to just crown them yet. You know what I mean? Michigan's at four, Ohio state's at five. 
Ohio State's another one. Ryan Day, new coach coming in. Do I think he's going to be a good coach? I do. I think he's going to be successful. But I did watch that spring game. And Justin Fields, I know he was very fresh to being on campus and everything, but he was not very good in that spring game. So I think there's some question marks there. I'm not ready to put them at four and five, but I guess when you have to do this, you have to do this. Um, Go down the rest of the top 25, but before I go down the rest of the top 25, I want to tell you that the college experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by my bookie. Sign up over at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SGP50 to claim your 50% deposit bonus today. They got a motto over there. You play, you win, you get paid over at mybookie.ag. Guys, mybookie.ag, you got shit to bet on right now. NBA Finals, Stanley Cup, College Baseball World Series, MLB regular season. It's still, we're not even fucking a third into the season, are we? I looked at the real schedule. We still have like a hundred fucking games to lose. Uh, you can bet on that. Uh, what's it called? Soccer over MLS, European, whatever, Spain. You can bet on all that shit. <laughs> you got Belmont Stakes coming up. Horse racing. Perfect opportunity to bet on something. You got the NBA draft coming up. You could probably find a bet on that. Hell, I don't know. What else you got? There's other shit out there. Arena football. How about this? We're close to Canadian football. It's, it's preseason CFL right now. All this stuff's coming for you. We're at the dog days. The summer is really starting to kick in. Well, I guess summer just started, but you know what I mean? It's tough. Sports, we're sports deprived a little bit here. NBA, I guess we, we normally would complain after the NBA finals and Stanley cup, but I, as a college, as this being the college experience, I'm going to fucking complain right now and say, I'm ready for college football. 82 days away. Let's get this thing going. Let's get this thing cracking. I can't wait to talk a lot of college football with you guys. Anyway, back to this top 25 list, but head over to mybookie.ag. And uh, another thing, college football futures coming. Some spreads are already out. I've seen. Check it out. Uh, Number six in the nation for Athlon. Oklahoma Sooners. Now that's one that I feel better about Oklahoma than I do. Probably Michigan or Ohio State. Mainly because I think Hertz is a proven quarterback. Even though I know Patterson is and Fields looked pretty decent at times last year. I think Hertz is more proven. I mean, he went to the national, he took his whole team to the national championship, what his freshman year. And then he played money last year. I think he's going to fit in fine with Lincoln Riley. I think Lincoln, Lincoln Riley, obviously, I mean, I, he's had the top two picks in the draft quarterback wise. So I think he's going to find a way to utilize him to his best skill set. I also like the hire of Alex Grinch at defensive coordinator. Now I know I've, I've published this uh, or I've posted that opinion on, on social media People fired back saying, oh, well, he was terrible at Ohio State last year. Well, Ohio State also had Greg Schiano, so he didn't really have the uh, the power there. Grinch did a great job at Washington State prior to that with our guy Mike Leach. So I like that hire, and obviously Leach is connected to Lincoln Riley, so I'm sure maybe that phone call might have took, taken place or something like that. But... uh I think they have some concerns on the offensive line, but I also think the big 12 easier to go through than the big 10. So when I, when I look at the big 12, I see Texas. Okay. Tom Herman's kind of got that program getting back up to where they should be. Uh, After Texas and Oklahoma, I do think there's a drop down a tier below. And that, that tier has a bunch of teams that are pretty decent and who knows who the fuck's going to be third or who could emerge and jump into the top tier 
late in the year, but I would say that next tier is Iowa state would be the first one I think of after that. You got to put Gary Patterson and TCU in there. After that, you got to put Mike Gundy and, and, and yeah, Gundy and Oklahoma state. They could come out of nowhere this year. They could win the whole fucking big 12 for all we know. He's that good of a coach, I believe. And then don't rule out Matt rule at Baylor. Love that team. Love what he's doing at Baylor. I mean, he's, he's turning that thing around. He's recruiting really good there. I would not be surprised if they made a run this year. Um, Texas tech, Matt Wells, even I I'm curious to see how he does with the uh, switching of the styles, but I know he brought in some talent there. The only one that really, I mean, I like Neil Brown at West Virginia, but they're further back just because they're new coaches. The only one that really is on the other tier is Kansas. I'll be honest, but my point is, is that I think Oklahoma has an easier way into that thing. than Michigan has got to go through Penn state and uh, Notre Dame and Ohio state. And I think they get Wisconsin at Wisconsin and they got just have a tougher route there. Even Maryland's got a talented team this year, even though they're probably not going to be very good. Um, uh, and then obviously you got the, the, the championship game. So I don't know. I, I like, uh, I like Oklahoma and what, what's going on there. Seven LSU. Now LSU, Joe Burrow. We talked about this a uh, couple uh, episodes ago, Joe Burrow. How important was Joe Burrow and LSU basically getting Joe Burrow? I think probably saved Orgeron's job. Orgeron's doing a decent job. He's our guy. I'm a, I'm a wee tigers here at the college experience. I like Orgeron, but I do think <laughs> judging that, uh, judging how bad the other quarterbacks were elsewhere. I think their backup was playing at Tulane and he wasn't even starting some of the games at Tulane and Burrow played money. They got him late in the summer too, man. So I, I expect them. They are switching offenses too, though. They're going to a more pass happy offense. That's going to be interesting to see how that works, but I do think Burrow's at one of the, uh, a pretty heck, a pretty good quarterback, and I'm somewhat I'm somewhat buying in with LSU now. Their schedule's really tough at Texas. Uh, obviously, they're in the SEC West, probably the hardest division that or the the Big Ten East. Um, so there's that, but uh, well, I guess I'm okay with them at seven. I guess. Eight Florida. No, I don't have Florida at eight. Not yet. But then again, they play two FCS teams and have three bye weeks. And they also play Miami, who's not very good. I, I'm still not buying into Miami until I see more. I never bought in under the Rick. Even the year they won 10 games, it was a fake 10 games. Sometimes you can watch teams. You're like, okay. Like they get a lot of the breaks. I was telling Patty C. I didn't really buy into Notre Dame last year because they got a lot of breaks meaning that USC would somehow ended up awful, meaning that uh, Virginia Tech was not normal Virginia Tech. A lot of these teams they were playing, they got Michigan in week one, not week five or six. So they, they had, a, I think, a lot of breaks throughout the season. I'm probably forgetting a couple other teams that I thought, like, man, they're down. They caught some teams when they were down. Um. But, yes, he's got Florida. Eight, at, speaking of which, he has Notre Dame at nine. Now, Notre Dame... I think I read something that they have like seven games this week or this year. Seven teams have a bye week before playing Notre Dame this year. I think I read that. It might've been six. I think it was seven though. That's, that's pretty brutal. And this year they got to go at 
Michigan for a little revenge, possibly going on there. They also got to go at Georgia. Pretty brutal. They also got to go at Stanford where they never win that game. They win it in South Bend sometimes, but hardly ever in Palo Alto, they win that game. And then they welcome in USC, who I think by the time that game rolls around, even though USC and Clay Helton might be fired, that quarterback's getting better and better. Hell, hell, I don't know. Um, I, it's going to be interesting. I saw a lot of publications uh, give Notre Dame like 10 wins, 11 wins. I, that tough of a schedule. I don't know that I feel comfortable saying that. They get Virginia also. Virginia's going to be good this year. Bryce Perkins. Uh, at 10, they got Texas A&M. Once again, I'm not, I'm not ready to go there. I don't know how they have A&M above Texas. Um, I understand Jimbo Fisher's there, but the SEC West is too hard. They got to play at Clemson. They got to play home to Alabama. They got to play at Georgia and LSU back-to-back weeks. They're not going to be in the top 10. I'm telling you that right now. I'm telling you that right now. Texas at 11. I'd have Texas higher than Texas A&M. 12, Washington. I think Washington's flying under the radar. I love the Jacob Eason. They can finally got a quarterback that can complete a pass. Despite them losing some key players, they got their left tackle back who was out for the year that was missed the Auburn game last year and probably was one of their best players on their team. And at 13, they got Utah. Now, here's one thing. I'm a Kyle Whittingham guy. I am a Kyle Whittingham guy. But... I kind of like Whittingham when they're not projected to be really good. I feel like the times they've been projected to be really good, they kind of underachieve. And when they're not projected to be very good, they overachieve. So I'm going to put a little asterisk next to Utah this year. As much as I, I read into them being like their defensive lines loaded quarterbacks, a sophomore. Now he's going to get a lot better. Ludwig at offensive coordinator. Um, sure. Some of these things I believe in, but, and they got a great home field advantage. But I think the Pac-12 is, as I've pointed out in previous episodes, they don't really have shit. That, like, they have good enough teams to beat you. Like, it's a strength, it's a weird conference because they have no one that's really elite, maybe Washington. But after that, they got like 10 teams that are on the right day can fuck you up. Which happens. Um, at number, what am I at? Utah at 13. Penn State at 14. That's when Tommy Stevens transferred to Mississippi State. So now that's going to be interesting to see Penn State. That's one that could be flying under the radar. That fucking Big Ten East is so tough. I don't know. Uh, that one's a, a, big, a gigantic question mark for me at 14. I think they could be, they could win nine, 10 games. They could win seven games. Um, I need to see a lot more. I know, I know Franklin's been recruiting fairly well. So there's that. They need a, can they can they beat Ohio State and Michigan though? They're, I mean, normally they they blow out Michigan when they play them at home. I feel like, and I think they get them at home this year. Um, fifteen Oregon. I think I told you on previous podcasts. I'm not the biggest believer in Oregon. I want to see more. It's not that I, I just I just think that we give them a lot of love based off of uh, Herbert being a top ten pick and Cristobal recruiting very well. They lost Jim Levitt, and Jim Levitt is one of the best defensive coordinators in all of college football, if you ask me. That's a huge loss, and I also wonder, even last year, that that offense didn't move. I still wonder if Cristobal can coach very well. X's and O's. And uh, I do think the Pac-12 North is much more challenging than the Pac-12 South, so 
I'm not ready to crown them. I, I saw a lot of some public like ESPN had them in the top ten. They had them at like number nine or number ten. I'm not ready to go that. I'm not ready to put them at fifteen. To tell you the truth, I'd probably put them back in the late twenties or mid twenties, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, something like that, until I see more. But that's why pre preseason rankings are fucking retarded. Can we right? I mean, it's fucking retarded. Dantabase top twenty five does it right. We're going to do it again. If you were not hip to us last year, we did our top 25, but we started after week one and we go one by one on the best win. And it's a, it's a really honest top 25. It's the way it should be done. In my opinion, I'm not just saying that because it's, it's our own thing. I really think they should not have preseason rankings and they should go in and be like, okay, week one, let's say, Oh, um, Alabama beat Duke. Okay. That's a, they beat a power five team. Let's give them a little bit of credit there. But, huh, I see over here that, uh, that, well, let's see, what's another big game? That Auburn beat Oregon, or, you know, Utah beat BYU at BYU. A true road game, not a middle of the road game or a neutral site game. So they should value that more by a week to week basis. So my point is the way we do it on, on, on the college experience here for the database top 25. And you'll see this as football season comes along. I do it for basketball as well, but basketball is a little bit harder football season. I think it's a perfect system because my point is, is if Utah wins at BYU, it's a much better win than a neutral site game against Duke. All right. Or what's the other big games? I'm trying to think of the other big, big week. Okay. If Texas A&M, which I know this is week two, wins at Clemson, they should be number one in the nation. Or, I mean, perhaps, depending on the way the other things shake down. What I'm saying is that you can't just say, oh, well, Alabama's number one, Clemson's number two, Georgia's number two. Because if you don't play enough, then how the fuck are you, like, what are you ranking it on? Just off of their recruiting rankings in history? This is a new season. You should be honest to everybody. That's my point. You'll see it more. And when the football season comes, comes around, if you're not fucking sick of me, um, where am I at here? Oregon 15, Michigan state 16, Michigan state's a weird one. No one's talking about them. And I always feel like D'Antonio is kind of like in the Whittingham boat where when no one talks about them, they're always better than we think they are. But yet when we rank them high, they kind of suck or they don't, they don't suck, I guess. They don't achieve the same like the, the kind of just drop the ball a little bit. They get like they'll go like seven and five. But I feel like no one's talking about them, even though I guess Athlon is a little bit got them sixteenth in the nation. Um, I just don't. I need to see more out of Lewerke. I'll be honest. The quarterback play, Michigan State always the quarterback play always is a question mark to me. I know they had Kirk Cousins and Brian Hoyer. And all these other fucking quarterbacks, but I while they're in college, I'm all, I'm never convinced that they're like money. They're a lot like Iowa's quarterbacks. Um, seventeen Nebraska. See, I got Nebraska much higher. I think Nebraska's going to win the Big Ten West. I've I've said that one. I don't like to go through all my predictions yet, but I got Nebraska winning the Big Ten West, and I think Nebraska could actually win the entire Big Ten. I'll say that right now. Adrian Martinez. I'm sold on him. He needs to stay healthy though, and he is a quarterback that runs a lot, so that is a question mark. But check out Nebraska. Don't sleep on them. I'd have them higher than Oregon. Um, 18, Iowa. 
Yeah, I'm okay with Iowa at 18. They're always right around there. Ferentz got underrated coach, great defense. Nathan Stanley's back. I'm okay with that one. 19, Wisconsin. I'm not going to put them at 19. They got a, I think they're starting a freshman quarterback this year. Yeah, they have Jonathan Taylor Thomas at running back. And I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, Horner has gone. I heard, I heard some rumors on, on why he left. <laughs> heard he uh, had some, uh, some problems with some other teammates. Um, maybe I'll dive deeper into that with Patty C at, but yeah, I'm not ready to put Wisconsin at number 19 yet at 20. They got Auburn. So you have to have Auburn much higher. Auburn's got a money defensive line. Gus miles on, I think it kind of, uh, gets a bad rap for, I think he's a good coach. 21 Syracuse love what Babers is doing there. See, I, I think that's, you could bump them a couple more spots up, but I don't know. 22 UCF. Now they, did they purposely put them that far back or is that because the quarterback situation, uh, I would say UCF deserves to be a lot higher. Like how do you have Oregon above UCF? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so I would put them a lot higher. 23 Missouri got Kelly Bryant lost drew lock. I'm not going to have Missouri in my top 25 yet. I need to see more. Now I know they're good at home but I need to see more 24 Iowa state. I do like Iowa state and what they're doing. And I think that's right around where I would probably have them ranked 25 Virginia. I think Virginia is a little bit better than Iowa state. I would have Virginia and I, but both of them right around that point. I, I'm on board 26. Um, I'm only doing the top 25, but 26, 27, 28. He's got Virginia tech, Washington state, Miami, ah, Washington state. I'm going to say Washington state should be a lot higher. They shit on the leech every year. They do this every year. And it's not because he's our boy. I, I, his team will win more games and they will end up in the top 20, not even top 25. I think they'll finish like somewhere between like eight and 18, 19. And that's their shitty ranking system also. So there's that. All right. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Let me do an ad read and then I'll go through who they have winning each conference. And then we'll go on from there and you can go on with your day and say, geez, what the fuck was I listening to? Right. But if you love college football, like me, you should just soak this in and just say, Hey, we're just talking about shit. All right. But I want to tell you guys that the college experience and the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by DraftKings. Oh yeah. If you've been thinking about trying DraftKings, well, guess what? Now is the time with, with single game showdown. There's two and a half million dollars in total prizes up for grabs with a grand prize of $1 million. Here's how it works. All you have to do is draft six players for each game's action. So I think Wednesday's the next game. If memory serves me correct, it might be Tuesday. I can't, I think Wednesday is one captain and five other players. You get points or rebounds, assist points and more with your captain earning 1.5 times the points. It's that simple. Six players from one game. Just stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Okay, so go to DraftKings.com or download the app now and use the code SGP and enter the all-new single game showdown contest for the NBA Finals to compete for $1 million top prize. That's code SGP to compete 
for the $1 million top prize. Only at DraftKings. It's the game inside the game. Phew. What am I talking about here? What am I talking about? College football we're talking about. College stinking football. Um, what do we got? Okay. Athlons. Tournament or tournaments. Conference championships. ACC. They got Clemson in the conference. How could they put Clemson? I'm joking around. Um, Clemson versus Virginia. Got to be honest. I kind of, this is becoming so popular. It's kind of scaring me because I was kind of thinking that was my play. But for some reason, I mean, I, w- I want Virginia to do this because it'd be great because then it'd be all, every team from the coastal would have gone to the championship in the past seven years. Um, but why is everybody on Virginia? I think it's going to be between Virginia, Virginia tech, Pittsburgh and Miami. But the one that I think could do it again is Pittsburgh. No one's talking about Pittsburgh. I've seen people talk Virginia, Virginia tech, Miami, but Virginia is really coming in as the favorite here. I don't know. And then obviously Clemson is anyone, can anyone dethrone Clemson is can Clemson lose at Syracuse the week after a and M and maybe Syracuse. The problem is, is, I think that could happen. I think it, I actually projected it on our weekly thing. But the problem is I think Syracuse will slip up somewhere. But hopefully, hopefully the Qs can do it. But I mean, look, let's be honest. Clemson will be in the ACC championship. They'll find a way. Um, The American, the AAC, he's got E or he's got the magazine publications got UCF and Memphis. I'm going to disagree with that one. Telling you right now, these are subject to change by the time August rolls around. And I will say that Athlon does not have that that uh, opportunity. So that's fair. But I'll say, as of right now, I would have UCF and Mem- I'm sorry, UCF in Houston, not UCF in Memphis. Holgerson coming in, Derek King back at quarterback. I understand Norvell's there. I understand White's still there at quarterback. But I like Houston to be better than Memphis. I think, I think they got a better surround, sur, like supporting cast at Houston than they do in Memphis at, at Memphis. Now I do believe UCF misses out on playing Memphis and they do play. They do play uh, Houston. So maybe that's their angle that Athlon is taking that Memphis perhaps has the easier schedule to get to the championship, which could be fair. I haven't dove all the way in on that. It's all coming June, July. We're in June guys. We're basically two months away from college football, but we will be going division by division, conference by conference over analyzing everything and having fun with it. Um, Athletes in the big 12, they have Oklahoma over Texas. Well, that one I fucking agree with. Maybe Iowa state or TCU or Baylor emerges, but I or Oklahoma state. If anything, Oklahoma state could, would be the one. I don't know. Maybe Iowa state, but I think it's going to be Oklahoma over Texas, but yeah, that makes sense to me. Big 10. They got Michigan over Nebraska. Uh, I took on the spreadsheet. I got Michigan and Nebraska, but here's the difference. I have Nebraska beating Michigan, not Michigan beating Nebraska, but we do have the same teams. They're kind of dead on with a lot of my shit right now. The only one I really strongly disagreed with was Memphis. I mean, maybe Virginia. That the coastal is a shit show. 
uh, Conference USA. They got Marshall over North Texas. I think I'm. I think I'm on that. <laughs> I mean, maybe Florida International, but I think Mar- I think they get Marshall, or Marshall gets them in Huntington. And I know Marshall returns a shit ton of players, so I don't know Florida International. But I'm gonna go. You know what? Florida International over North Texas, or North Texas over Florida International. How do you like that? I don't know though. That's a tough one. Uh, in the MAC conference, they have Ohio over Toledo. I'll be honest. I need to over. I need like there's. This is the conference where it's like you really need to go in depth. There's a lot of good teams. I need to look. I need to go. Like I couldn't tell you who I got in the championship game at the moment because I need to dive deep into those schedules and see who plays back-to-back away games, who gets cross-division battles. I can tell you this, though. Ohio, Toledo, Buffalo, Northern Illinois, Eastern Michigan, and Western Michigan are all decent. So I need to analyze that schedule before I really just say, oh, well, this is who it is. And then there's even other schools like that are getting better, like Kent State and, and Akron. From what I understand, Akron, I know they have, uh, you know, t- they, Terry Bowden got fired despite taking them to the MAC championship the year prior. But uh, they got some talent on that team, so I think the coach walks into a good situation. And you got Chuck Martin at Miami, Ohio. They they've lost a lot of close games the past couple of years. I think they went five and seven last year, but they lost a lot of close games. So do they turn the corner? Um, I don't know. Uh, I need more time to make that pick, but Ohio. See, I'll tell you this though. I'm going to go against it just because as much as I love Frank Solich and Nathan Rourke in Ohio, they are, they never win a Mac championship. So I'll say Toledo wins it. I just don't know that it'll be against Ohio. And that, if, there, if it was that game, Toledo would beat Ohio. I'll, that's what I'll say. Mountain West action. Mountain West Boise state over Fresno state. I feel like that's fair. Watch out. Don't sleep on Utah state though. And don't sleep on San Diego state. Those, I mean, the mountain West kind of slept on even Nevada and Hawaii. are pretty solid. Um, and UNLV, I wonder if, if Roger stays healthy, can UNLV make a bowl? They were on pace for that last year before Armani Rogers got injured. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. Boise over Fresno, Fresno beat them in the mountain West championship in overtime. I think it was last year but Boise beat them the year before. That's, that's, that's fair to say. I, I'm on board with that, but I'll say, hmm. I'll say Fresno over Boise. I'll say Fresno over Boise instead of uh, Boise over Fresno. Uh, Pac-12, Washington over Utah. Man, I've seen a lot of publications calling for Utah to win the whole Pac-12. And I said, oh, pfft. Please, I'll take Washington to win that. Peterson will beat him. Um, you know what? And I think Utah getting as much as I love Whittingham, and I think he's one of the best coaches. I'm going to call them to not get in the Pac-12 championship. I think they're going to they're, they're going to struggle a little bit. New offensive coordinator, maybe a little bit of a learning curve. Uh, give me give me Washington over man the Pac-12 South. Maybe it is Utah. I got to look at that schedule. It could be USC. USC gets the right. USC's probably got the most talented team. 
Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, UCLA. I don't know. I need to look at the South. All right, now I'll say Washington over Utah. I'll stick with the predictions, but I got Washington winning that. So we see eye to eye on that. SEC, Bama over Georgia. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm on board with that one too. Could Bama lose at Texas A&M? Maybe. But then again, I think they get like a bye week or some FCS school or, or New Mexico State before every tough game. Um, so I'm on board with that one. Sunbelt App State over Arkansas State. I'm going to say App State over Georgia Southern. Or do I say Georgia Southern over App State? App State's breaking in a new head coach. I'm sticking. I'm going to stick with App State. I've been a closet App State fan for a while, so give me App State over Georgia Southern. I don't think it's going to be. Or wait, can it be Georgia Southern? They did. Sunbelt takes the top two, I think. Are they going cross division? I think they're cross division now. I got to look back into that. Um, so maybe it has to be Arkansas State or uh, Troy. Huh. Maybe it is going to be Arkansas State. Maybe App State, Arkansas State. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I think that side, because I think the uh, the opposing side of that, that division is terrible now that Neil Brown's gone from Troy. Um, but yeah, and they got Notre Dame going 10 and 2. Once again, and I, like, I, like I said, a lot of publications got them doing it. Let's just take a quick look at Notre Dame's schedule. All right, let's just take a quick look because they need to start thinking about theirs. Um, where are we at here? Where are we at? Hang on. I don't know why I'm choosing the magazine over the internet because I'm fucking retarded. Let me just do the internet. Let's predict how, because I thought Notre Dame got some breaks last year. Notre Dame. Who do they open up? They open up with Louisville. I mean, that's a break right there. <laughs> Um, so they're going to be one and oh there. And then they welcome in. Is this what Bowling Green? Bowling Green's awful. So, oh no, no Bowling Green's later at Louisville Labor Day weekend. That's a win. Then they get a bye week before New Mexico comes to town. Bob Davies return. Triple option. They'll be two and oh. Then they're at Georgia and they lose one, two and one. And this is a tricky one. Cause after that, they come home to Virginia. Hmm. I'm going to say Virginia beats them. I'm going to say two and two. Then they're home to, to Bowling Green, three and two home to USC dangerous game, but I'm going to give them that win four and two. They get a bye week and then they're at Michigan. That's a loss four and three. Then they're home to Virginia tech dangerous game. I'll give them the win five and three at Duke six and three home to Navy seven and three home to Boston college. Weird game. Very losable game. I'll say they get it though. Eight and three and at Stanford, they're eight and four, eight and four to me, maybe nine and three, but they could also easily be seven and five. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch guys. This is the college experience. I don't know what else to talk about without having Patty C here. You know, there's other stuff out there but I need to go deep sea diving. I don't have any stats to break down, but I want to tell you the guys that over at sports podcast.com, I am releasing tons of college football content. Also doing a uh, NBA mock draft coming out soon. And also there's a bunch of other editorial stuff up all the time. 
check it out. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We are the college experience. If you could tell a friend, guys, we've been dragging on the iTunes reviews. I know it's the off season. Hopefully you're digging the show. I know we're not, uh, we're not your typical college show, show, but we are factual. We know our shit. I feel like, and, uh, and we try to entertain you at the same time. The main vision of the college experience, just for some clarity, because sometimes I see the comments. It, we wanted it to be themed like college. Like you were in a dorm room arguing with your friends, but yet we think we're more factual than your friends. But we wanted to do that. That's part of the theme. That's why we would have drinks on the show, although I am not drinking today or the month of June, I don't think. I'm going to try to go through the whole month of June without drinking. Um, but, but that's the point. That is the point, guys, is that we wanted it to be like that. That was the theme that we were going for. I've used this comparison before. It's like HBO to comparing it to regular TV. We wanted to talk about dumb experiences we've had because it's like college. You're in, a, you're in a dorm with some buddies. That was the angle when I pitched it to the, the other guys. And boom, I hope you guys dig it. Please leave us an iTunes review. You can find us on iTunes. Basically, if you go to the iTunes search window, type in Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We are the college experience. We have merchandise on college experience help at the sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Get yourself a t-shirt. You look good. You'll get, help you get laid. Um, you can find the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at SGP Network. You can find Patty C on Twitter at Patty C831. You can tweet him. Tweet him and say he's a piece of shit missing the podcast and you can find me on twitter at at the colby d all right this is the college experience guys you need to start thinking about yours thanks for listening